I've got a feeling that for somebody in this building, this is going to be a day of the supernatural. This is going to be a day for great things to happen. Would you give the Lord an applause one more time and make him feel honored and welcome? We celebrate him today. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Awesome job. And good morning, Inspire Church. How are you today? God bless you, and you may be seated. So good to have you in the Lord's house this morning. And to all of those who have joined us online, we're just delighted that you've tuned in to worship with us today as well. We have a very special guest with us this morning that we'll bring to the platform in just a few minutes. And I can tell you what a word we received at the 9 o'clock service today already. What a great word. No, I'm not going to preempt it. I'm not going to give you a spoil alert. I'm not going to, you, you're just going to have to stick around for a few minutes and, and hear the word itself. It is going to be a blessing to you. Amen. This is going to be an incredible week, and I want to make a couple of announcements real fast. First of all, let me just share with you that beginning tomorrow, that is Monday with the exception of Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they will be doing free COVID-19 testing here on the parking lot. They'll have a mobile unit set up, and that's fully manned by their volunteers, and they will be following strict protocols. If you or a loved one or someone that is in your area, your neighborhood, or whoever you may know, a coworker, if they need testing, please take the information down on the screen. Screen. You can even take a snapshot of it on your phone and you can call in or they can and you can make an appointment because it will all be done by appointment and the testing is absolutely free. And they uh, were looking for a place on our side of the town and we're glad that we've been able to partner with them as we have with so many other things to be a blessing to our community. Amen. And then I'm excited because Wednesday night I'm going to do something I hardly ever do. I'm going to be able to teach in the Wednesday night service, and I hope you'll join in and, and tune in. That will all be online because we're not having in-person activities during the week. We're only having in-person services on Sunday right now until we get through, as it were, uh, this rough season and patch that we're all in. Thank you. You notice I wore my mask to the platform. Thank you for wearing your mask when you come to the house of the Lord. And I ask you to continue to do that so that you can respect uh, the needs of others around you to be able to worship in a safe environment. We never want anybody to leave and say, you know, I think I got sick at church. Amen. We want you to get healed at church. Amen. We want you to be blessed at church. And we want you to enjoy the Word of God and all of the other things. But uh, for that reason, uh, we are having in-person services, even though some churches are not. Uh, Tony Suarez told me this morning that 70% of churches are back to having in-person services now. 70% of the churches in America. And I believe we can do this right. 
we can observe the safety precautions. I know that not all of our folk are coming right now, a long ways from it. And for example, we're encouraging our seniors and those with underlying conditions to please not come right now. We understand being in the house of God is different than watching it online. And to all of those of you that are watching it online, I pray God really blesses you, but there's just something about being with other believers in the house of God that adds a dimension or component you might not get in your living room as you watch this, the, the, the program and watch the worship and participate. One thing you can do to get the most out of it is turn it into a church service right in your home with you and your family. Let that be your Sunday morning devotions as a family. Read the word together, sing the songs together, say amen when you would normally say amen in church. And, and in other words, just have church right in your house but in the meanwhile great big virtual hug to everybody out there since I can't hug you in person I love you so much and glad to all of for all of you that are here and look forward to seeing the rest of you whenever we can come back together as a church family in full force and to those that are just not comfortable coming out just yet we understand that too I want to thank you for all you've done during this season. You've continued to, to bless the kingdom of God, continued to support missions, continued to uh, give and honor the Lord, worship and pray. I was actually at a pastor's event yesterday evening and spoke for a few minutes. Uh, there must have been at least 100 pastors there in the Humble Civic Center. And we're praying for the north side. They have similar events on the east side that, that Pastor Bob Jones, our prayer pastor, participated in for many many years the church is praying and the devil better watch out he meant all of this to harm the kingdom of God but it is turning around and becoming a blessing amen you say how so well we've been baptizing folk all this week did you know that amen folk giving their heart to God I was in the office with someone that God baptized with the Holy Spirit in the office just the other day as we prayed together. Socially distanced, of course. Amen. But, you know, I love it about God. God doesn't have to socially distance from anything. He'll just walk right in. Amen. Any hospital, anywhere. And perform miracles and signs and wonders because he is God. Amen. And so I pray this will be an extraordinary week for you. I know today is going to be blessed. Would you please stand with me and welcome a favorite of ours, Tony Suarez. He was here two Sundays ago. Glad you're here, Tony. Come preach the word of God. You, Bishop. Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands to the Lord for what he's about to do in this season and in this moment? I feel a supernatural touch of the Lord here today. I told Bishop this morning, I just feel like there's a special touch from heaven about to hit this house today. I know God wants to be really good to you, and I'm excited about being here today. I'm always excited to be here, but I'm doubly excited for what the Holy Spirit is going to do today. I felt the Lord speak to me yesterday and really confirm it this morning. Nothing to do with my sermon, but I want to say it to you. I said it in the morning service. Be careful what you name things in this season, including the season, lest you be guilty of having an Ichabod. Somebody, there, there's a lady in the Bible that the Israelites had had a, they, they went to battle and they lost. And she named her son Ichabod, which the translation means the glory has departed. Well, the glory came back 
but the kid was still called the glory has departed. Be careful what you speak in this season. Don't say things like, I'm broke. I'm a failure. My marriage is done. I'm, I'm, I, I've lost my money. Uh, things will never be, be careful speaking Ichabod because I prophesy to you, the glory is returning to the house of the Lord. Your money is returning to your bank account. Health is returning to your body. Sports and picnics and whatever else you fam, family reunion, it's all coming back. And I don't want to be guilty of saying, saying, saying things out of faith because I got nervous. So just be careful speaking Ichabods into, into existence, all right? Free sermon just on the side there. Amen. I'm so glad to be with you all today. I'm so thankful for your pastors, for your leadership, for this wonderful house of the Lord. A modern day house of Pentecost where we can worship in the spirit and let the Holy Spirit do whatever, however, and whenever he wants to do it. And you ought to be thankful. Because you could have been planted anywhere, but God said, I'm going to plant you here at Inspire Church. So you ought to always be thankful that you have a shepherd that loves you enough that he cares about you. You know, the stories I always heard about Bishop Hurd were the stories of the evangelist. I didn't know him as a shepherd and as a bishop. He really loves you. Because if it's evangelist, I just, you know, I just come preach and then I go on a plane and go home. He stays here with you. And he cares about you. And he cares about your health and your well-being. And he cares about your children and your children's children. And yeah, even those that are far off. And so thank God for that. You have a true shepherd, a true pastor. Don't take it lightly. Not everybody has that. Honestly, not everybody. I'm not dissing anybody else. I'm just reminding you of the blessing that you have in your house so that you never forget that. And I'm just so thankful for the way you've touched the world. And because you touched the world, God's brought the world into your house. You know that when you sow a seed, you, I mean, it's a no-duh statement. Whatever seed you plant, that's what you reap. And you've sown seeds of revival in all of the world. And that's why you're not just going to have a harvest over there, but that seed is going to give you a harvest here. That's why you can't label this church. It's not white. It's not black. It's not brown. You can't, you can't use the, it's just an international it's a, it's a modern day house of Pentecost because of all that seed you've sown, God said, I'll give you that same harvest here. I'll give you a multicultural international harvest right here in Houston. Anyhow, the book of Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 through 23. Musicians, let's do like the last time. Come back in about 20 minutes. 23 through 23. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm not really good at labeling, titling sermons. It's never been like my thing. Some, some preachers, they, you know, label the sermon and you get more, you hear the title and you're already like, glory to God. First time I heard John Hagee preach. I heard him preach a sermon, a message from hell for those on the way. And I'm like, Jesus, I repent of my sins right now coming. I mean, just with the title, I'm not good at titling sermons, <laughs> but I heard, I heard the title when I was sitting over there and I went to pastor Steve, I said, send it to the sound booth. And it's simply this 1159. You'll understand in just a moment while I'm titling it 1159. Father, speak to your people today. Open our ears to hear our hearts to receive 
and our minds to discern what thus saith the word of the Lord. Father, strengthen my voice so I can get this entire message out today. Father, strengthen my voice and strengthen our ears to hear what thus saith the Lord and confirm your word with a mighty move of your spirit. Have your way in this house, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. You could be seated in the presence of the Lord. 1159. You know, there is a verse in the Bible for everything. Everything you're going through. Everything you've gone through, going through, and will go through. You can find a word in the Lord that will strengthen you, sustain you, or bless you through that thing. I especially like the book of Psalms. I go to the book of Psalms often, and the majority of the Psalms are the songs and the poems and the prayers that were written by King David, the things that he wrote to the Lord. I, I, one author referred to it as David's prayer journal, if you were, if you will. David wrote beautiful things, like, like the 23rd Psalm that everyone knows, and then he wrote other Psalms that I, I, and, and that I wonder when I read them, I just wonder what provoked that Psalm. Things like Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host shall encamp round about me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me upon a rock. I wonder what it was that brought forth Psalms 121, one of my favorites. It says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and the earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee on the hottest day in Houston, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all. All means all, by the way, from all evil. He will preserve you from all evil. I come against the spirit of fear right now that has gripped your mind and told you that evil is going to overtake you. Thus saith the Lord. He is the God that preserves you from all evil. Preserve means that it won't fail. It means it won't flounder. It it means that it's not going to expire. He's going to preserve you from all evil. And he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy, com thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. What is it that caused the psalmist to break out and say, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall also not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now I told you when I opened the sermon that there's a word for everything. I want to encourage you. I know Bishop has called you into some days of prayer and fasting. I want to, if, if I may be so bold, may I, may I encourage you to throw a little word 
into the prayer and fasting because just while I'm reading these scriptures right now, I'm getting strengthened and quickened and emboldened in my spirit right now. There's something about when you, when you read the word of the Lord, remember it's a living word. When there was nothing, he spoke something and something came out of nothing because of the word. All I'm doing is reading Psalms and I'm up here having my own little like Pentecostal hoedown right now. Just all I've done is I haven't even read my sermon, but I'm reading the word of the Lord and I'm feeling the joy of the Lord filling me right now. Get into the word, get a word for this season, get a word for your situation. If you're struggling financially, get a word about money. If you need healing, get a word about healing. Just get a word from the Lord. There's no doubt about it. David knew how to tune in, how to tap in to God and then write it. And I try to imagine what is it about this guy? Was it a hilltop? Is it a hillside? Is it a battle? What is it about him that causes these songs to be sung? What is it about him? Because David doesn't have anybody to cheerlead him into praise. He doesn't have anyone to push him and to prod him and to encourage him to praise the Lord. This isn't the learned behavior of a church culture that causes David to shout the way he shouts. This is birth from a heart of adoration and thanksgiving unto God. If anything, I'm speaking about me as an evangelist. If anything I've learned in this season, this season has exposed the difference between cultural Christianity and true converts of Christ. Because there's people that had learned behaviors. They knew how to shout at the right moment. They knew how to hoop when they heard an organ. They knew how to play church. But then when calamity came, they didn't know how to be the church. They didn't know how to praise God in a storm. But the true converts, the true worshipers, the true Christians, they exemplified what we see from King David. It doesn't matter where you find him. He's got a praise on his lips in the palace and in a cave in front of a giant, a lion or a bear. Wherever you find David, David knows how to praise the Lord. In fact, it's so great that David does something that I personally would have thought is impossible. David praises God to such a place that God is exalted and magnified by David's praise. How do you exalt? How do you magnify the God that holds the world in his hands? Yet the Bible says that when David sang, God was exalted. David's singing and worship was under such an anointing from heaven that when David would sing and he would play his harp, the demonic spirits that tormented King Saul would flee during the praise that David released with his mouth. He didn't have to rebuke the devil. The devil just had to leave. Why? Because the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when David would sing, God would show up. And when God showed up, devils and hell said, it's time for us to go. That's why praise is under attack right now. This isn't political. This is spiritual. Hell is trying to silence your praise because hell knows the power of your praise. Hell knows that if you lift up your voice and you lift up a shout, the hell knows that every demonic spirit will have to flee at the... 
every demonic, I feel a praise coming on me right now. Every demonic spirit is going to have to flee at the mention of the name of Jesus. No wonder they're trying to silence you. But I, I command you in the name of Jesus, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. You want to make COVID leave the land? Praise the Lord. Want to make a recession turn into abundance? Praise the Lord. Want to turn depression into joy? Praise the Lord. You want to save your marriage? Praise the Lord. Because he shows up. And when God shows up, everything is possible. So I wonder, I wonder, what is it? Here's the common denominator with David. I, whether it's a bear, whether it's, whether it's a giant, whether it's a lion, whether it's marriage problems or children rebelling, David turns his storms, he turns his trials into praise services. It's in those moments that he says, the Lord is my light. In my salvation, whom shall I fear? In times of loneliness, he convinces himself, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And when he comes out of a battle, he still has a praise on his lips. He says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that madeth and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name for the lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations i don't have a detailed account to everything he was living through but i have an account of his praise i don't know everything that went wrong in his life but i can tell you it didn't matter what went wrong david never lost his praise it wasn't contingent on circumstance it wasn't contingent on emotion it was contingent on the excellent greatness of an almighty god I don't mean to be redundant, but I really make sure I hit the point. They weren't, the, the majority of the Psalms aren't written in the palace. They're not written while sitting on the throne. They're written while sitting in a cave. They're not written while he's surrounded by the high society of Israel. They're, they're written while he's surrounded by animals or nothing at all. I'm a little, you know, I, I grew up in church. This is all I've ever known. When I was a little kid, I'd go to the basement of my parents' house in Chicago and play church. Everybody else is playing house, I'm playing church. I'm lining up my action figures because I didn't have dolls. They're action figures. I'd line them all up and I'd preach them in the name of Jesus and I'd march and I'd have my little suit on and I'd lay hands on them and they'd fall out. I'd anoint everything with oil. I'd anoint the steps with oil. I anointed Teddy Ruxpin with oil. Wonder Woman, I was legalistic back then. She left the church, but one day the blood will call her home. I baptized Wonder Woman, baptized Superman. I, I, I used to play church. I, and I did, I would lay, I would anoint the steps with oil. Cause my, you know, you know, as Pentecostals, we just, we, you know, we just start, you know, slapping and slopping it all over the place. And so my mom would come down the steps to do the laundry. She, you know, Tony, I'm like, mom, God healed somebody on that step. It's re be respectful. <laughs> I 
all my life. I don't even know why I just told you. Oh, I know why I told you that story. Surrounded by action figures in my basement is where I learned how to preach. Surrounded by that. And alone, alone, because my brother was too young at that time. I don't even know if he was born yet. But alone in a basement is where I learned how to get a hold of God because of what I saw in Sunday service. And then I'd go home and I'd duplicate it in my basement. And God was getting a hold of my life. And I was getting a hold of God. David didn't even have a basement. He didn't even be, he wasn't able to go to church on Sunday and then take it home on Monday. But it was alone on a hillside surrounded by sheep with lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, out there. It was, uh, it was there that David. David started saying, I I wonder if he was playing church. I wonder if he got up there like I used to get up there like a four-year-old with my little suit on there holding a fake mic and said, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. When he said, let everything have breath, praise ye the Lord. I just wonder who he was preaching to. Because he didn't have an inspired church. He didn't have a... I wonder if he was preaching to the flowers and to the trees and to the sheep. I wonder if he was preaching to nature and telling them, let everything that hath breath praise ye the... I don't know what he was going through, but I can tell you this is a man that knew that praise will bring you out of everything. Praise will bring you through anything. If you can get a praise on your lips, you can survive a pandemic. You can survive a recession. You can survive anything. I don't care what you lose. Don't you lose your praise. Don't you lose your praise. These are the songs of David that came out of trial and tribulation. What song are you singing in this season? What song are you going to sing as you come out? What will be the melody that you write for your family as we come out of this season? Now the 1159 is going to make sense. Oh, you say, well, as far as you got me in the Old Testament, bring me into the new. Thank you for asking. Here we go. Half of the New Testament was written in a jail cell. Not in a mega church. In a jail cell. Socially distanced. From the rest of the body of Christ. But as close to Jesus as the mention of his name. If the season did anything, I hope. I hope it taught us to get a hold of God when nobody is around. You hear this preacher loud and clear. I love church. I love being around the people of God. I never want to lose this. My brothers and sisters in China write to me and they say, don't let the American church succumb to the pressure of shutting. I mean, I'm just telling, because they don't have this. They don't have the liberty. So we got to protect our religious liberties so that we can continue to, I love this, but I want you to know, and I'm not being braggadocious, but I don't depend on you to get a hold of God. I don't need you to cause, I, 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 have learned to cultivate my own faith atmosphere I have learned to sing until the glory comes down I have learned to be alone in a cave and shout until God comes down and if anything this season has done I hope it's taught us how to get a hold of God though my mother and my father forsake me though my friends abandon me I know how to touch heaven Paul and Silas, these great ambassadors, musicians, I'm going to need you because I feel a hoop coming on. Paul and Silas were great ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. They traveled their known world preaching their gospel. And because of who they were, they were thrown in jail because of preaching this blessed gospel. 
If you've been in church, you know this story. I don't even have time to tell you the whole story, but you know it enough. They were chained. They were beaten for being gospel preachers. They were chained and they were beaten for lifting up the name of Jesus. But what I don't find in the story is I don't find Paul and Silas complaining and saying, why did I have to live through this situation? Why did you abandon us? Why did you, why'd you leave me here? I've served you all these years and now look at what they're, look at what's coming. Why, why am I in chains? Why am I in jail? I don't find complaints, but I find a praise. I don't find depression, but I find a praise. I don't find a why me spirit, but I find a because of who you are spirit. In a jail cell, they knew how to praise the Lord. Lord. Their faith wasn't contingent on everything going great. They just started praising the Lord. They're not asking why me, but they're saying, I love you, God, in spite of what I'm going through, in spite of what happens to me, I'm going to make sure that I bless the name of the Lord. When they get on that organ, I feel a praise stir up on the inside of me. I don't know about you, but I'm sure that when we get to heaven, there's going to be a Hammond at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I'm not exalting one denomination over another, but I know that they're Pentecostal in heaven. Because I think that when the writer said there's going to be the sound of a trumpet, I wonder if he thought it was a trumpet, but it's really a Hammond organ. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that out there. But it was late at night in a jail cell. Everyone else had gone to sleep. Everyone else is lamenting their situation. Everyone else is waiting execution. Everyone else says there's no hope in sight. But in a jail cell, there's two believers in Jesus that are singing hallelujah, praise the Lamb. They're lifting God up in their song. All of a sudden, I said, all of a sudden, the God that they're singing to said, I'm going to come in the midst of them. He caused the earth to shake and the chains were broken and the walls fell down and the jail cell was open because of the praise, because of the praise, because of the praise. you know I feel there's a praise section right on this side I know we like to shout about what God did at midnight I know we like to shout about the walls tumbling down I know we like to shout that the earth quaked we like the midnight miracle but ladies and gentlemen the midnight miracle is contingent on what you do at 1159 at 11 1159 Paul and Silas were praising God singing to God and lifting I feel in my spirit I feel in my spirit that we're about to have a midnight miracle but it depends what you do right midnight miracle that's about to come to your life depends on what you do right now don't curse the storm praise God in the storm don't curse the situation praise God in the situation because what you do right now is about to bring a midnight miracle give a praise
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you do at 1159 determines what happens at midnight. I'm so bold to tell you that this demonic spirit of infirmity that people call COVID is going to flee this land in the name of Jesus. It's not going to harm us any longer, but it's contingent on what you do right now. And I've decided I'm going to sing till the power comes down. I'm going to sing till healing comes down. I'm going to shout. If you're anything like me, I've needed miracles in my life. And I hear what God did for him and for him and for him. But I need to know, how did you get to the miracle? So that I could get my own miracle. Because I can't live off of your miracle. I need to have my own miracle. So that's why God gives us the details in the story. If there's a Paul and Silas in this room tonight that needs a miracle, a midnight miracle, then you need to do what Paul and Silas did at 11.59. Where's my mask? If you're tired of wearing masks, praise God in the mask. Worship God in the mask until the masks come off. If you're tired of COVID, that's right. If you're tired of COVID-19, praise God while they're still talking about COVID-19. Till COVID-19 has to flee. If you need God to touch your money, praise God right now. And watch, watch, watch us the money. Praise ye the Lord. waiting until they said COVID is gone to give God praise because I'm trying to use my praise to provoke a miracle. I'm not waiting for them to say the the economy has rebounded to praise God because I'm using my praise to provoke the economy to rebound. So I say right here, right now, God, I give you praise for what you are about to do. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't even talk about this in the first service. The praise of thanksgiving is for what God has done. But prophetic praise, which is what we're entering to right now, is praising God for what he hasn't done yet as if he's already done it. And I just feel a a prophetic praise stirring up in me right now because God's healing COVID-19. God's healing is, God's going to save this nation. Racism is going back to the pit of hell. Recession's going. Excuse me a moment. I got to praise the Lord. My children, my money, my marriage. done oh hallelujah thank you Jesus when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done 
for me. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power. Felt a song stir up in me. I'm sorry. The story got real to me. I was on a road trip with my kids. I've told you about other road trips, but let me tell you about this other road trip. I was alone with my three kids. We're driving from Chicago to Virginia Beach. That's how all of them start. And we're in the car, and my youngest says, Daddy, I want to stay awake till the morning. You remember when that was cool? Like, there was a day where I thought it was cool. Yeah, 2 a.m., I'm still awake. Now, I'm like, the devil is a liar. I go to bed at 10 a.m. And I'm like, yeah, Insta story. Watch me right now. 10 a.m. Click. That's heaven on earth for me. But my son, he thinks it's cool. So I want to stay up till the morning. I said, okay. When that clock hits 12 a.m. is morning. Okay, dad. So we're driving. And I'm watching. And I'm like intently watching the clock. 11, 11.01, 11.02. I won't bore you with all the numbers. And I got to 11.59. I'm like, jeez. We're about to turn off that DVD in the back and they're going to sleep. And when the clock hit midnight, I said, all right, it's morning. And he said, no, it's not. I said, <clears throat> yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I said, yes, it is. He's like, no, it's not. And he said, doesn't look like morning. I said, Zachary, it is morning because the clock says it's morning. And he goes, still looks like night to me. Spirit of preaching hit me in that car. I said, Zachary, don't let your eyes deceive you. Don't let your eyes talk you out of a miracle. I'm stupid in a car. I really am. I said, don't let your eyes deceive you. I know it still looks like the night, but it's already morning because the clock establishes what the time is. And even if it's as dark as it was two hours ago, the clock says that we have changed positions and we're now in the morning. And I just started thinking about Paul and Silas because that midnight miracle still looked like 1159. It'll still look like the nighttime. It was still dark as it was when they were singing but the book of lamentation says that joy cometh 
in the morning. The Bible says his mercies are made new every morning. And I want you to know that even if it still looks like it's a night season for you, God told me to tell you that there's been a change on the clock and it's no longer p.m. You step into a.m. And even if even if the a.m. tries to look like the p.m., a.m. can never be p.m. There's been a change on the clock. There's been a change in your circumstance. I know it still looks dark out there. I know all the media is still talking about COVID, but you hear this prophet of God. There's been a change in the heavenlies. God has commanded a midnight miracle to take place. So if, if you know anything about me, I say it all the time. You ought to walk around like a kid on Christmas with your hands open and your eyes wide open, ready to receive. Nobody goes to sleep on Christmas Eve thinking that they're going to wake up empty-handed. Every kid goes to sleep with one eye open. This is a season right now to sleep with one eye open because God's about to rain down blessing. God's about to rain down healing. And he told me to tell you if you'll sing at 1159, I'll cause my glory cause my glory to come at midnight. I'm done. Stand with me right now if you don't mind. God knew. You know, the Bible says, I talked about this the last time I was here. The Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. He made August the 2nd, 2020. He made this day. He that knoweth the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. He knew what you were living through. He knew what you'd go through. He knew what would be happening in the world. Yet with all of that going on, I can declare to you, this is the day that the Lord has made. And the Bible says, I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Not because of what's happening in me or to me, but because of who created the day. Because he didn't just create the day he holds me in the palm of his hand and his word says that he'll protect me and he'll bring me to the fullness of age so I know where I have my shelter I'm in the pavilion of the Lord the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it and they are saved and God knew God knew what you would be going through. He knew the hard times. He knew the bad times. So he planted something on the inside of you. He planted a word on the inside of you. Some of you have an old prophecy that you haven't seen yet come to pass. It's an old word that was planted in you. But I declare to you, it was planted for this season. Because if you could look in the spirit realm, you'd see that the fruit of your lips is a result of the word that was planted on the end. How can you praise God in this situation? Because of what was planted on the inside of me. So I charge you. Here, just to prove that I'm done. So I charge you in the name of Jesus. Praise ye the Lord. Praise him. 
in this situation. Praise him on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Praise him till healing comes. Praise him till you can breathe comfortably. Praise him till you have no fear. Praise him till you got too much money. I know it sounds bold, but I'm speaking especially to Inspire Church. God is going to bless the members of this house with too much money. Too much money. You say, there's never enough money. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to be, it's going to be what the Bible says. He's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour down blessing upon you so much that you won't be able to contain it. And then the residual income, you're going to bless somebody else and they're going to bless somebody else. They're about to, God is about to bless you in a time of famine and people are going to look at you. They're going to look at you, not for a handout, but they're going to say, I want what you got. Can can, can I take a minute, Bishop? Am I? I'm okay. All right. Because I spoke that and then I felt a little resistance. I've been here enough. I can be comfortable. I'm not trying to prod you into giving an offering right now. Oh, that's because they're about to take the evangelist offering. No, 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 no. Thank you, mother. Has nothing to do with that. I'm speaking the word of the Lord to you. That in a time of famine, when when all of Joseph's brothers are living in a drought and they don't have any crop, God has made sure there is a Joseph generation that has money and is in control of the money so that you can bless your brothers and your sisters and when they see what happened in you they're going to remember when they despised you they're going to remember when they talked about you they're going to remember when they didn't believe in you and God God is going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies to testify to the blessing of God Now, this is the last thing I say, I'll give it to Bishop and then I'll come back to pray for the sick. Now would be a good time for you to be a Mark 16 believer and pray for the sick and rebuke the devil and speak in new tongues. For those of you that are saying, well, I just wish the Lord would use me in the healing ministry. Now would be a good time to start a Zoom healing service. I turned on Instagram yesterday and I saw Pastor Benny Hinn having a miracle crusade on Zoom. People from all around the world and Pastor Benny standing at a screen I give you praise, my Lord. I give you glory, my Lord. Just touching the screen and people being touched by the power of God. For all of you that have been saying, I wish God would use me like Pastor Benny. I wish God would use me like Bishop Hurd. Right now is your moment to get on Facebook and stop talking about conspiracies and talk about the goodness of God. Stop talking about Fauci and talk about Jesus. Stop talking about the presidential election and talk about the kingdom of heaven and rebuke the devil and talk about Jesus. Till your neighbors and your friends feel the power of God.
I got to give it to Bishop. It's 1225. But for the next few moments, I'm not coercing you. I'm not prodding you. And I'm not going to cheerlead you. But this house needs to give God praise. This house needs to lift God up. For every, I think you should make a rule. For every conversation you've had about COVID, you need to give God a praise. Make it equal. Every minute I talk about Democrats and Republicans, I'm going to talk about the lion and the lamb. Every minute I talk about COVID, I'm going to talk about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Every minute I take complaining, I'm going to give God a minute of praise. And watch if your worldview doesn't change. So in the name of Jesus, let everything in this house that hath breath praise ye. you danced in the presence of God hold it one hold it right there I was reminded last week because I was in a service like this where they started that music and I got nervous because I'm like oh lord I'm gonna get in trouble with the pastor because the people are and I just got a little nervous because they started playing that beat and then I remembered how I was raised you raised the same way, Shockley family back there. We raised Pentecostal. We've been social distancing all of our lives because when we get in the presence of God, we'd say, make sure I got enough room to praise God. We'd come to the altar and we'd make sure I need to have enough room so I can praise and lift up God. So why don't you make sure you got enough room right now. And at the count of three, give God a praise. One, two, three. Hallelujah! I'm shouting for healing. I'm shouting for a miracle. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm getting lost in the river. Just let me give it to you because I'm drunk. I'm just going to go sit over here. <laughs> <laughs>